Jets fall to the Browns Thursday night football final score 37 to 20 at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, Quincy Nuno will hear from Anthony Beck momentarily. Felt like, again, we've been saying this for the past couple weeks now, a tale of two halves for the New York Jets. EA, Jets fall in a 34-14 hole before halftime. Final score, 37-20. to The Jets had some opportunities to claw back in this game, but just felt like it was too much to overcome. This was the highest scoring first half in the National Football League in four years. If you told me before this game that the Jets were going to have two takeaways in the first half, a defensive touchdown, and also Brees Hall scoring a touchdown, and the Jets had 17 points at halftime, sign me up. I thought the Jets would have been in great shape, considering this Cleveland Browns team had entered this ball game 7-1 at home, giving up 13.1 points per game. But the story of the first half was the Cleveland Browns offense. Joe Flacco, former Jets quarterback, passing for nearly 300 yards. They had more than 300 total yards of offense in that first half, and he just put on a clinic there, Quincy, with three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the score, 37-20, to 20, there's no reason you would have ever thought that would be the score in this type of game. We thought going into it, it was going to be a defensive battle, and that is, that's not what it was, right? Now, granted, there were some defensive touchdowns, but overall, this was an offensive showing right here, right? The offense on the, the Browns, put up so many points in the first half that Jets just couldn't surmount and, and catch up to them. You know, I think you could probably say the turning point was probably the uh, the fumble on the on the kickoff maybe, right? Because after that, the Jets just couldn't get anything going. The defense did a great job of, of turning it over on downs, but then again, an interception touchdown and just couldn't catch up. Joe Flacco finishes completing 19 of his 29 passes, 309 passing yards, three touchdowns. The 33-game streak for the New York Jets, not allowing a 300-yard passer, is over. Joe Flacco now four straight games throwing for at least 300 passing yards. A.B., when you watch the first half of this game, what do you think went wrong for the Jets' defense that we really haven't seen this season? Yeah, you know, I think it's really a, a bunch of things kind of coming together. Number one, just the, the tough road it's been the last couple of weeks for this football team. The short week, uh, you know, when you're coming off a law or excuse me, when you're coming off a, a high, you're trying to get yourself back, get yourself in play. Well, there really wasn't many days for them to be prepared. Really what happens is outside of game planning and anything else, players have to come out and, and be great. They have to be ready. They have to have urgency. They got to play clean. If, if you let those other factors, turnovers, missed assignments, poor tackling, you know, not efficient on offense, not being able to answer, uh, all those things are, are hard to overcome when you don't have that, that, that full weekend that you have it. But, you know, on the flip side, Cleveland was able to get it done on a short week after they had a high. So they had so much more to play for. Jets didn't. Jets were here to play a spoiler in this football game, but weren't able to overcome a lot of their mistakes in this football game. You're talking about penalties in the game offensively, setting them back. Talk about the answers that the Browns had to the issues the Jets had turnover-wise versus what the Jets did uh, with the with the Cleveland Browns, who put the ball on the ground multiple times in this football game. It's just being able to stay in line with it. And Eric talked about it, 34 points in the first half. I mean, you know, that 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 – Mentally, that, that's tough for a team to come into half. It almost sideswipes you, and you're thinking about how did this happen? 
And before you know it, you just run out of time in the second half to really come back and make it close at all. I think the stats really in the two halves are staggering. You think about Joe Flacco alone, 13 passing yards in the second half. I think what surprised all of us, and EA, we talked about this pregame a lot. David Njoku, especially with Amari Cooper out of the lineup, in the first half alone he goes six catches, 134 yards, leads the Browns. It just felt like early on especially that the Jets' defense couldn't get out of its own way and everything was breaking the Browns' way. Yeah, I thought the Browns beat the Jets to the punch early. You talk about Njoku, he had more than 100 yards receiving in the first quarter. On that first series cue, they converted on – what was a third and 15 to the Browns tight end? And then they go down the field. They eventually cash in. The Jets had an immediate counter, which was very impressive mm -hmm. from this offense on Brees Hall's scoring reception. But the Browns had the counter to the Jets counter. They went right down the field again and scored. And that's something we just haven't seen from this Jets defense this season. Back-to-back -back drives, off the bat, giving up touchdowns. And then when the Jets had an opportunity to seize momentum at 13-7, you mentioned Israel Bonaconda's kickoff fumble. Uh, the Jets defense actually turned Cleveland's offense over on downs. And then the very next possession... Trevor Simeon is intercepted on a fourth throw over the middle to Garrett Wilson, of course. It's returned the other way, and you're down 13. Exactly. I mean, uh, just to start with A.B.'s point, I think he had, he had a great point. It was a short week, right? These guys are coming off a Christmas break as well, so that's a challenge, right? You have a short week, then you have Christmas. You don't really get a lot of time to game plan. So I said it last week. I didn't feel like Trevor Simeon really did a lot to help that team win. It was really like a group effort. Everybody did well around him. And so when you have a short week coming off a week where a quarterback didn't do a lot, it makes it really challenging to then think we're going to come into a game and really be able to really push your fist up and go back and forth with uh, Joe Flacco who's been performing at a high level right so that's that's a tough that's a tough ask of Trevor Simeon and we saw that today he couldn't come up for him the, the guys around him couldn't come up for him you know I'm glad he took some uh, some of the blame yeah. with a lot of those penalties uh, that were going on on the offensive side but it's just it's just you know not really great uh, team football there the Jets were penalized 12 times against this Cleveland Browns team Anthony going off of what Quincy was talking about Trevor Simeon completes 32 of his 45 passes 200 161 yards, a touchdown, an interception, which was a pick six. It didn't really feel like Trevor Simeon pushed the ball down the field a whole lot, though. Even late in the game, when you when you would think you have a chance to just put something up and try to hope someone comes down with the ball, it definitely felt like the Jets were taking the underneath route throughout the course of this this game in its entirety. Well, you know, obviously the internal clock in the back of his mind with the great pass rushers that the Cleveland Brown has. I mean, the offensive line, especially the edges, had their problems today against Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith. Uh, those are things quarterbacks think about. Um, and also as a play caller, you know, the points are mounting up quick for the opposing team in the first half. How do you counter? How do you match it? You start to trend to maybe get out of what your, your game plan is and you start leaning on other plays, uh, shot plays, and that opens you up to a lot of potential disaster just because this team hasn't been really built this point in the season with the quarterback and the line movement everything they've done to really kind of compete in an up-tempo scoring game and that really did favor the the defense of the Browns because you just saw how after the first really two series the Jets and they started to feel the momentum they really took a stranglehold this game now a lot of those numbers that we're seeing even with Joe Flacco and how they stopped them in the second half, the damage was done, man. Mm -hmm. 300 yards in the first half passing, 
is just it's, it's unreal. I mean, and the fact that they didn't have Amari Cooper in this football game and you only had one true weapon. Obviously, they have other guys more played a really good game. You knew those guys are going to be up for it, but they weren't the guys you were worried about from a challenge standpoint. But Eric, you mentioned in Joko prior to the game as one of your key guys. And man, that, that was a difference maker. Now, not only was it different, I mean, he didn't have to play in the second half, but the damage that he did in the middle of the field yeah. and across the field and after the catch was just something that the Jets really couldn't match offensively on their side. They didn't have a player or a guy that could do that. Brees, again, counting Brees in the rush game is one thing, guys, but every week now you're trying to get – he's the guy to be the pass catcher too. Right. I mean, how much can one man do? And, and Garrett getting probably more than likely double teams and trying to be taken out by their defense. There's just no other guy to help out take the pressure off this offense, and, and you're just limited. That's an outstanding point about Brees. 21 catches the last two weeks. He had 12 against the Commanders. He had nine tonight. Yeah, he led the Jets in receptions yep. with nine. And, you know, I saw a stat leading up into this week, like I don't remember what the span was maybe over the past four weeks. Brees Hall is like top five in the NFL in receptions, I think yeah. over the past three yeah. weeks. Before this game where he leads the Jets with nine receptions, I mean, we, we talked about it a little bit during the game, what Anthony was talking about, like the Jets, not only this year there's only one game left. The Jets sit at six – and 11, or 6 and 10, excuse me. Yeah. So moving into 2024, I know we're, we're going to talk about what lies ahead over the course of the offseason a little bit after the Patriots game next week. But really, when you look at this Jets offense, what's missing like from a rhythm standpoint? I feel like has been the question all year. And obviously, I think if you're a fan, it pains you to watch the Browns, who are on their fourth quarterback on multiple tackles. Similar situations, but obviously the Browns in the playoffs in 2023, the Jets not. Yeah, It's hard to look at bright spots tonight, but the bottom line is if I'm a fan and I'm looking at 2024 and I see Brees Hall going out there and balling and I envision what it's going to look like in 2024 when Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. And how about – Garrett Wilson, five receptions tonight, 50 yards. He goes over 1,000 yards for his second consecutive season. He's got an outside shot at 100 receptions despite playing with four different quarterbacks. And I thought Xavier Gibson and Jason Brownlee flashed. Now, those guys aren't going to be your second option next year, but Quincy, perhaps those are guys that are going to provide – very good depth for you in 2024. Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of make it a little light, right? I think, uh, you know, AB mentioned a little bit about how, you know, uh, these guys had to uh, go pound for pound, right? And I talked about it with uh, Ethan earlier, right? In the pregame show, right? He he got off to a great start with his with his uh, 10 wins, 11 wins. And as I started to try to catch up, I'm trying to go pound for pound instead of playing my game. And you could tell in this game they were trying to go pound for pound with this high-powered Browns offense. And it really should just stay sound and stayed with their offense, giving it to Brees, you know, figuring out those things, you know, and that's that's kind of one of the things that helped them uh, fail in this game. I think you made a great point about Xavier Gibson. I What I come back to is Robert Sala talking about 2021, guys like Brandon Eccles, who was a yeah. six-round pick, getting the reps in 2021, then becomes a valuable depth piece for the Jets a couple of years down the road. I think we were seeing that with Xavier Gibson and Jason Brownlee. We just talked about Garrett Wilson. Reaches 1,000 yards, first Jet to do it in back-to-back -back years, first two years as a New York Jet, and Caroline Hendershot caught up with Wilson after the game. Here with wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Garrett, what was coach's message to the team after today's loss? Um, we can't start how we started. Um, when you get yourself in a hole like that against a good team, you're, it's going to be hard to dig yourself out. You know, we, we came out and battled in the second half, but 
um, like I said, you know, we dig ourselves too big of a deep, or too deep of a hole, and and um, it's going to be tough to recover. On that opening drive, though, the offense looked to have a good rhythm and a good flow, getting that opening drive touchdown. What happened after that, where you guys couldn't find that again? Um, I mean, they were really good defense, and and they made some adjustments, and um, you know, made it really hard on us. You know, they have a really good front seven. Um, you know, they they made it really hard. I know they have a good on. They're really good on the back end as well. So. You know, we just got to be more detailed. Um, we got to finish plays. You know, I got to finish plays. Um, and, and we got to watch this film tomorrow and be really critical of ourselves so we can finish this thing the right way and then roll in the next season with some, you know, coming off a W. What was it about that first drive chemistry that you found that was working well for the team? I feel like we were, you know, taking our matchups. Um, you know, Brees is one of those guys that you can, you can get the ball in his hands. Good things are going to happen. Um, we got it on the edge a few times. I think, you know, there wasn't a lot of safety help, so we, we had put up a fade early in the drive and, and just things like that. You know, we were able to get down the drive or uh, down the field fast with just being efficient, taking what they were giving us, and, and um, we got to find a way to, to, you know, bottle that up and, and pull it through the whole game. You know, it was a good start but uh, offensively, but, um, you know, it still wasn't what we wanted. I know you might not have had time to digest it yet, but you just eclipsed 1,000 yards tonight for back-to-back -back seasons, becoming the fourth Jet in franchise history to do so. I know you really wanted this. What does it mean to you? Um, you know, I would have loved to, to do it in a win today. Um, you know, for me, it's it's about building a legacy. And, and, you know, for my eventual kids to have something to look at their dad and be proud of. And, and um, you know, I put in work my whole life to, you know, be able to do these, do these type of things on the biggest stage. So it's just... It's a culmination of all the people that raised me, all the people that had an effect on me, and, and um, all the coaches I've had in the past that have got me to this point, and, and the way that I can go out there and just, just play and play the game I love, and I'm so blessed to do so. And, um, you know, it's awesome to do it for this organization. Thanks for the time, G. Appreciate you, Caroline. If you're a Jets fan, you have to be excited about 17 is on your team. But let's head inside the film room to Quincy's film breakdown powered by Microsoft Surface. EA talked about a couple bright spots, one of them being Brees Hall. Jermaine Johnson being another one. Both of those guys found the end zone starting with Brees Hall. Yeah, absolutely. So Brees Hall here, this is a great play call uh, from Hackett right here. The biggest thing here that you want is to get your guy open on this side right here. So most times when you see this play, you're going to have your, your running back either run the slant or a go. You got your running back out against a linebacker. Excuse that, that mess up right there. But anyways, a linebacker out there. So he's out in space. But instead what they did is they motioned him. Now with this motion, he doesn't know what's happening and they have a nice mesh going on with guys running outs as well outside of there. So I'm gonna let it run. Great two picks right there, one pick, two pick. Everybody knows where they need to go and then you just got Brees Hall in space. It's so easy and he just glides on the field, right? They mentioned it on the broadcast. The guy just glides, you get the ball in his hands and he's moving probably 20 miles per hour. I think they're gonna tell us at the end and he just looks, makes it look so easy. 18 miles per hour. Q, nice job on the crossers. Can you tell us what the instructions are there for the receivers who, like you said, are creating interference, but you, exactly. you don't want to get flagged there? Of course. So you got to make it look like you're still running your route, right? So here we have the first pick here. You got to make it look like I'm, I'm just running my route. I'm not trying to run into this guy, right? And then again, another pick here. 
I'm just running my route. They do a good job of just glancing because all you need is just to slow him down. Brees Hall is fast enough to run away from him, right? But you just want to mess up those angles and slow him down so that he can get to the end zone. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the guy that was trailing, he's got speed, which we saw. He ended up with 11 tackles, second on the team for the Cleveland Browns. Nice job there from Brees Hall and Nathaniel Hackett and company. And then the Jets get a score on defense, and we'll talk about this later, almost two scores on defense. But Man. Jermaine Johnson, a great play athletic play and ends up being six for the Jets. Yeah, man. Shout out to Jermaine Johnson coming on this year, making plays when he's when his number is called. So this is a great job here, right? Because he sniffs out the screen, right? So he's the guy that's actually on Njoku in the first place. Slows him up a little bit right here, right? He, obviously Njoku's trying to make it seem like, okay, I'm just blocking you. And a great job of having the awareness. Let me jump up and get in the passing lane, but then to jump again, right? So I'm going to show the other side, but look at him running away. Njoku's not a slow guy, right? So this is a great play by him. So I'm going to show the other side. It's a great job because off that first bounce, right, it's not easy to then hit the ground and still get up to knock this ball down. So a great job to get that and then go underneath and catch the ball as well. Yeah, and that speaks to development in year two because yeah. play recognition. He knows that he's getting the chip, but they're going to go to Njoku there, the veteran quarterback, Joe Flacco, and great patience with the jump, and then he comes back up, <laughs> gets the PD, and then has – the presence of mind to grab that ball man. and it's off to the races and the speed too yeah, yes exactly yeah. it's a great job overall man the guy's been showing up and I'm, I'm happy to see that he's making plays like that and that's why you're excited if you're a yeah. Jet fan because it's these second year studs yeah the Jermaine Johnson's the Brees Hall's the Garrett Wilson's of the world that continue to pop up even in a losing season that makes you think that promising things are on the horizon. Absolutely. And, you know, I just looked this up. Garrett Wilson is 23 years old. For him to talk to Caroline the way that he did, talking about building a legacy, like his mind and his play is much further along than a second-year player. Same with Brees Hall, Jermaine Johnson, and the other person we have not talked about in that class is Sauce Gardner. Oh, yeah. Obviously going to be not talked about a whole lot considering the Jets let up 37 points. But Sauce Gardner, week in and week out, seems to lock down opposing – corner or posing wide receivers, excuse me. Caroline Hendershot caught up with another Jets defender, Quincy Williams, following tonight's game. Here with linebacker Quincy Williams. Quincy, you guys shut out the Browns in the second half, but it was the first half that kind of got away from the defense. What do you think wasn't working in the way that you wanted in the first half? Um, main thing was our fundamentals. We knew it was going to be one of those games where we would have to beat ourselves, I'm going to say that. So uh, the main thing going in, we knew it was going to be a very run-heavy team and then come in with some play action. So good with our eyes, uh, good with our keys and things like that. So we started off kind of slow. Of course, me being a defensive player, I'm always putting on the defense first. Um, so we could have started off better, faster. What was it that kind of flipped for you guys at halftime? Just having that um, just conversation be like, um, this is one of those games where it's just a do your job type mentality. Don't try to do too much. Be good with your eyes type thing. Then we came out, um, got a reset. So um, yeah, that was really it. You still guys, you guys still have one more on the season, finishing out, especially against an AFC East rival. What is the messaging going into that game? It's going to be the same thing, but the main important thing with us playing two games in one week, getting our body back together, we got a lot of guys beat up, things like that. So taking these couple of days, what is like 10 days we got, taking those couple of days so we can be full speed, powerful uh, coming in because we're going to have another one of those same games where it's like run, play, action, boot, and stuff like that. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Quincy. Thanks for having me.
Great stuff from Quincy Williams and Caroline Hendershot. As always, taking a look at the game summary here. The Browns out yard the Jets 4-2-8 to 3-61. Third down, uh, not the Jets' best performance on defense. The number that stands out to me the most is obviously the 50% on third down from the Cleveland Browns. And obviously, like we discussed, a big difference between the first and the second half for the New York Jets, which leads us to our report cards. And I'm very interested to see where everyone goes here. So, Anthony, let's start with you and the Jets' offense. What kind of grade are we giving the Jets here? Yeah, there was a lot of promise, obviously, to start the game, right? But a D-plus, uh, you know, again, a lot of low grades uh, really in the second half of the season. And that's unfortunate. You, you wanted to see some growth from the offense. You wanted to see something click. Uh, you look at the Browns as a perfect example. How are they functioning, right, with a, with, a, with a fourth quarterback? How are they functioning with 10, 12 different line changes as well? It's something to look and watch and, and really study. You know, when you're talking about what the Jets could have done differently. Um, and really, it comes down to the after the pick six, the defense had their struggles, but the offense could have helped. This is a game where the offense needed to help the defense a little bit, right? Yeah. And they went punt, 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 and then that field goal at the end. And by that time, guys, it was already, uh, you know, too far into the bucket. And we talked about the penalties and and uh, and really just not able to be as explosive, quite frankly, as their, as their offense was. Quincy, what about you? Yeah, so I had to go this way because I think it started off so strong, and I was going to go D, but then once I looked at the rest of the game, right, I think even just sitting in the in the, in the in the room watching the game, I felt very frustrated watching the game because it just was no success on the offensive side after that touchdown. And so I felt good about that touchdown, but there was nothing else to show me, like, okay, there was some improvement, right? There was no improvement. There was a lot of penalties, a lot of just mistakes all over the field, right? Missed blocks. And so I just couldn't give these guys anything higher than that. I think, um, you know, if you look in the mirror and say that you deserve something higher, I think, you know, you have to understand that, they, that you know, that's, that's, not, that's not Jets football, right? That's not what you should say is your standard of football. All right. Coach Becht, and Quincy, ultimate team guys. I'm looking at some individual performances, so that's why I'm raising the grade here. <laughs> I thought Brees again was outstanding. Yeah. Garrett chipping in. I liked what we got out of Xavier Gibson and, and Brownlee. I know they're not getting monster numbers, but we also saw Israel Bonaconda getting some touches and things like that. And they moved the football. Again, 13 points is not good enough. Bottom line, that's what the Jets' offense scored tonight. They scored 13 points, and Beck's right. They had to help out the defense more, and, and they didn't. Uh, with that being said, uh, that's the first time this season the Jets have scored a touchdown on their first drive. So they gave the defense a boost there, but then, of course, that was a crusher in terms of the interception that went the other way as well. Right, and both teams scored on defense, so now let's move to the defensive grades. We'll go same order, Anthony, Quincy, and then EA. The Jets did do some nice things, a couple takeaways. Could have been one more, depending on what you thought of the call that was overturned on the Jerome Ford fumble. But at the end of the day, 30 points led up, most of that in the first half. Anthony, you gave the Jets, again, a D-plus. Yeah, they had a chance to, to match the other great defense in the NFL. You know, they talked about they, they wanted to be the best defense in the NFL. And they had a chance to go toe-to-toe -to -toe and, and shut down a, a four-string quarterback who, I get it, he's got credentials. But let's be honest, guys. I mean, to throw for 300 yards and a half, uh, 34 points and a half, I don't care how many points, who scored what or how they got it. 
Um, you know, there were some flash plays. And if we're going to give pluses and minuses for those things, that's great. But when we're talking about the, the totality of the game and what, what it took to go on the road on a short week, the defense, again, had to play semi-decent. They didn't have to be great. And uh, unfortunately, early in this football game, they never had a chance uh, the way it unraveled. And of course, the offense didn't help them much. But man, it really sure felt like the Browns were in control of this thing from the get-go. And uh, they came out with a purpose. And the Jets defense knew it. The Jets defense knew what was on the field on their side. You want to match it, see how you play. And they weren't able to live up to it in this game. Yeah, for me, it was famine or feast, not feast or famine. And in Jets, it was famine early. But what I was encouraged about was the three takeaways. And, oh, by the way, it should have been four takeaways because Jordan Whitehead's rip of the Browns running back there uh, strong in the second half. I have no idea how officials overturned that call. Should have been four takeaways. Which was an incredible play. And also, Jermaine Johnson got into the end zone, so I factored that into the equation as well when I'm grading the defense. But, again, not good enough in the first half. They didn't have any answers. And Robert Sala pointed to technique issues there early for the Jets coming off the short week. And Sala, in fact, guys, pointed to himself and said, hey, maybe I have to do something differently as far as the planning is concerned, getting these guys ready for a Thursday night game. Yeah, I think it was a tale of two halves, right? Um, I would say the first first half was probably FD, and then I would say the second half was definitely A. So, you know, you average out, that's a C. And the reason why I say that really is because, you know, I thought it did a really good job shutting down this offense, right? And you're talking about an offense that's really high-powered. Obviously, they put up a lot of points and a lot of yards in that first half, but those guys really kind of came out and shut it down, and that's what I'm proud of, right? Those guys really showed up, um, and that's that's the championship-level defense, right? I mean, if you, if you do stuff like that, you expect your offense to then score on the opposite side, right? Okay, we'll stop these guys, right? We st- we messed up in the beginning, but now we're going to stop them. You need to go do something. And so that's why I couldn't give the offense a better grade than an F because you didn't show up for your defense, who really showed up in that second half. Uh, uh, A.B., for me, the most disappointing thing was Amari Cooper, the Browns' top offensive weapon, wasn't yeah. in the lineup, yeah. just like the Miami game when Tyreek Hill was not in the lineup. And we saw another guy pick – it up for the opposition against the Dolphins. It was Jalen Waddle today. It was Nujoku and Elijah Moore. Hopefully he's okay yeah. because that looked really dangerous as far as that hit in the second quarter Absolutely. when his head hits the turf. So blessings to him. But he really got going in the first half as well, AB. Yeah, I mean, guys, you know, you play half a game. That's not good enough, right? That's just bottom line. I mean, you know, you got to play four quarters. You can have some ups and downs, but. You know, to, to really just not give much of it. The, the, there were a lot of missed tackles in the first half, and they did come out with a purpose in the second half. That's because, you know, they probably got chewed out. And, you know, quite frankly, just like didn't really show out in the beginning of the game. You got to, if anything, when great defenses, no matter what, you know, they're going to get scored on and things of that nature. The one thing you got to count on with our defense is that they have to come out the gates mm. and just set the tone. And they didn't set it today for whatever reason. Uh, you know, maybe there it was a shocking deal. You know, maybe they didn't think the tight end was going to be the piece that was going to get it. But man, Joe, they had plenty. Of, you know, Joe's not a you know a guy that can run around. I mean, you know, pressures, whatever it may be, didn't work, and it, it, they didn't get it done. And, and when a half goes by and your defense doesn't do anything, you know what's going to happen in the second? It's over, right? Because it's just there's no shot for this offense to really have a chance. Yeah, you know, Robert Sala said post game that one of the things that he's going to look 
inward for is how the Jets have performed on Thursday Night Football yeah. in his tenure, 2021 to present. The Jets have lost all three. In 2021, the Jets lost in Indianapolis. All three losses have come by 15 or more points mm. for the green and white on Thursday Night Football over the past three seasons. And on defense, I mean, the Jets only allowed 59 net yards in the second half. And then let's wrap up the report cards with special teams. EA, let's start with you. Greg Zerline originally... During the week, quad soreness, he ends up going. But what did you think about the way that whole team or that whole unit played tonight? Well, you got to go back to in the first half, the Jets were able to escape disaster. But Israel Obanaconda putting the ball on the ground. Mm. I like what Izzy did offensively, but you can't turn the ball over in your territory when you're taking that ball out. Yeah. Also, at the beginning of the second half, I believe the Jets could have closed the deficit to 14 points. But Zerline, unfortunately, hit a divot in the field, and that was a chip shot. And, unfortunately, a guy who's been magnificent this year uh, goes down with a miss. So I, I, I give it a C overall, an average effort. Yeah, that was that. that um, yep. <laughs> B minus, I'm not, yeah. So I'm going to keep it up there, right? My face is on the grade. Uh, but, yeah, just, you know, overall, obviously not, you know, the best showing for this uh, special teams. Um, you know, you also had the punt that rolled in, right? So yep. what's that? The gunners didn't get down. They got blocked. So there was actually a few different things, you know, the totality of the game. Obviously some things missed me. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, tough, tough game for this team. Anthony, you're going D pluses all across the board, huh? <laughs> Keeping it can't consistent. Listen, you can't turn the ball over, man. I mean, that's just so brutal. I mean, you know, you're talking, you're watching a game in the beginning, and you're like, wow, like both offenses are on. Yep. You know, this is going to be a shoot exciting. You know, okay, Brown score, you're going to get the ball back, and then you fumble. I mean, yeah. you know, like you got to find a way to maybe get Xavier Gibson that maybe have that catch versus Izzy. You know, I, Izzy, you're right, did some good things offensively, but man, you know, let's not force the issue because uh, he's a fast player. You know, he doesn't have a lot of that experience throughout the season. That's a tough deal. The environment was loud. It seemed like a really, you know, uh, ruckus day just as far as a uh, fan base is concerned. They had the block kick, however it was, kick low, divot, whatever it may be. Either way, it was a block kick. Uh, can't have block kicks. I mean, that's what – and I believe there was a punt. You know, we could have had one right at the one. Yeah. And I believe it just trickled into the yeah. end zone. I get it. Mm -hmm. It happens. But I felt like the guy was in – our player were in, our player was in position – to make that stop, and, and and there's technique things there, which, you know, Coach Sal talked about defensive techniques. There's techniques in special teams as well to control yourself, ta hit the ball, and make sure your body doesn't go in. Just don't go out of control, even though you're trying to hustle to it to stop it. So, again, am I nitpicking there? Probably, but you can't turn the ball over. Really, was it was a monster, you know, change. You know, they didn't – I don't believe they scored there, they right? Did no. they score after that? They didn't, but then no. the they Jets didn't. offense took what? over and Simeon got picked. Pick six. And exactly, that and that's yeah. what happened. And then the, the pick six came when, when, they, uh, when they stopped them on defense. So, again, I – one thing kind of turns the next, but, you know, it, it deflates you a little bit, you know, especially when that game – I honestly, I was kind of like – it really enjoyed, like, how well, you know, the offense was moving right in that now. first period. Yeah. I'm like, man, something's here. I, they got something. And then, man, it's like it gets – it gets – it all of a sudden it changes everything. And not because of the fumble, but just, you know, again, you're, you're feeling like you're catching up. And, again, not having the explosiveness of the offense the entire season, not finding a way to generate points – a la the Browns this year, the way they have done. And I got to give them credit. I mean, you know, Flacco, Stefanski, the way they've come up, 
with ways to beat football teams, yeah. not have your best player on the football field yeah. as well. I, you know, listen, that that that's a tough deal, man. That that probably hurts you most as a as a defensive head coach, a defensive coordinator to watch that. And like, man, like you just didn't expect that was going to happen to you because that's what you've been stopping for the whole season. And, you know, that that's just something, you know, Joe went out there and made plays, man. And uh, that, that's what this game's about. And he's done it mm-hmm. a lot, a, a lot longer, than a lot of players on that field on both teams. You know, the irony in the Izzy Abanaconda fumble is that Salah didn't talk about it post game, but you would imagine the reason why he was back there as opposed to Xavier Gibson is because just a couple weeks ago, Xavier Gibson was the one that coughed up the rock in that same situation. The Jets go back to Xavier Gibson after Abanaconda loses the ball. Gibson actually did a pretty nice job returning kicks the rest of the game. He had three for 82 yards, yeah. averaged 27.3 with a long of 34. Sometimes as- young players are going to give you gray hair. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, it's the uh, what, what is. Coach Salah, the, the, uh, he uses a metaphor when talking about the, the young players. I can't recall it right now, maybe because it's 1227 <laughs> in the morning. But, but he, look, he, he knows that it's a roller coaster with young yeah. players, with rookies, especially guys who don't get a ton of game action. Izzy had been inactive for the first nine games of the season before slowly incorporating into the Jets lineup here. As we wrap up on Jets overtime, Final score, 37-20 to 20 in Cleveland. I just want to get each of your final thoughts. Anthony, we'll start with you since you're in Memphis and we know that it's a little bit past your bedtime. Just overall in this game, obviously there's one game left in the 2023 regular season schedule here. I don't want to ask where the Jets go from here because they're out of playoff contention, but what do you hope to see between now and when they take the field against the New England Patriots in Foxborough? Yeah, you know, I, I try to t- a twist into my thoughts and also a coach's perspective uh, when you come off a loss like that. Number one, they have 10 days, okay? There's a lot of days to really kind of chew on the loss a little bit, you know, kind of get your body right and get on a normal schedule next week. So there's no excuse not to have a plan and the urgency and the, and the want to finish the season strong. The record is not where this team wants to be, no question about it. But to, 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 to play a Thursday night game the way they did completely as a football team, you've got to be able to bounce back and find a way. And, you know, that, that's going to be big on the coaches this week, how they keep the practices fresh, how they keep it enjoyable and fun, but yet keeping it critical, holding guys accountable, and making sure they get the most out of their guys. You know, yeah, Izzy did was a guy that fumbled in special teams, but you mentioned these guys have to play and find ways to contribute to this football team so when 2024 comes around, you can learn who you can count on in these scenarios and these situations. So, again, a lot of those players are going to get chances in this last game. And quite frankly, going against the Patriots, who's having a bad year, they have a worse record than the Jets. You really got to find a way to keep, one, keep it competitive and win the game. So go out there and blow for blow play four quarters of football. That's all we're asking. Can't be two quarters. Can't be three, three and a half. It's got to be four quarters. And then you let the chips fall as they may. As long as they're fighting in that game through four quarters, it's going to be a tough game. It's not a pushover game. Patriots are are a really good defense. It will be a challenge. So going into this week, you're going to have plenty of opportunity to get back on track. That's how I'll gauge how this team kind of finishes the season as they go through this long week to get their body right, their mind right, and go out and play one more game to finish the year. Anthony, thanks for joining us. As always, go get some sleep, enjoy the Ducks in the hotel, and good luck tomorrow. You got good it, guys. Luck, thanks brother. for sticking. Good luck. <laughs>
All right, guys, let's wrap up Jets overtime here in Florham Park. And just going off of what we just talked about, I'm interested to see what happens with Zach Wilson in the concussion protocol. Will he clear the protocol in order to play against New England Patriots, who he's had an up and uh, not a great track record against, but also the Jets haven't had a great track record against the Patriots since 2016. But overall, EA, when you take a look at tonight and you kind of factor in what remains in the 2023 season, like where does your mind go? I want the Jets to play a clean football game and, and finish what they started mm -hmm. against the New England Patriots. You mentioned back to 2016. The streak is at what right now? 15 consecutive games, is that correct? Yeah. The Patriots have owned the Jets of recent times. We all know that. An arch nemesis. Now, totally different landscape. With that being said, Here's a time to start a new streak and head into 2024 on a high note. I will say this about tonight's game. I don't think most teams in the National Football League would have won in that situation. Cleveland had everything on the line, a postseason berth at stake. That environment was a postseason environment, and they came out firing on all cylinders in front of their home crowd. With that being said, the Jets just got to play a clean brand of football to finish the year out. That means don't turn the ball over, don't commit silly penalties, and play with better technique. A.B. mentioned that you have 10 days to prepare for the Patriots. This is a divisional ball game. We know the Jets have very good pieces in place. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is coming back in 2024. But it's going to be interesting what happens at the quarterback position in the very near term. Because, like you mentioned, Greens, is it going to be Zach Wilson who ends the season here at quarterback U? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's something that remains to be seen. We will find out. I think the biggest thing about this last game is you want to see who you have on this on this team who's a young guy that's really going to contribute in the future. Right? And that's what the last game is all about. You see a lot of the veterans, especially when you're not making it to the playoffs anymore, they tend to be sat, maybe go on IR. You see who's in the young, who young, what young guys can really step up and perform next year because those are the guys that are really going to be your, your foundational pieces. We know about Jermaine Johnson. We know about Brees Hall. We know about Garrett Wilson. But who else is going to step up? Who wants to really take this team to the next level next year? Those are the guys that need to show up this week. And obviously you want to, you want to win against the Patriots so you can and kind of change the, the narrative going into next yeah. year. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you just said. Not only do you want to kind of flip the script there, but if you think about the beginning of the season, so much was predicated on hope, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, all that was sucked out of the sail or the wind was sucked out of the sail four snaps into the season. So in order to, for me to close the season strong on a high note, to do it in Foxborough against a team that you haven't beaten since 2016, it would set the course and set the tone into the offseason. And I, and I understand fans who, at this point, all you want to see is a better draft order or a better position in the draft. I get that. But these players, they're not just going to quit no. uh, in Week 18 to Quincy's point. If you're a young player, this is your opportunity. You're going to try to make a claim for your roster spot in the offseason into next season. And for the Jets, Going off into the 2024 season on a win against a team like we just said, haven't beaten since 2016, it's poetic. It set the tone for the rest of the offseason. That's all we have here on Jets Overtime, presented by SiriusXM. 37-20 final score, Jets-Browns in Cleveland. We'll be right back in studio next week when the Jets take on the Patriots for the first game in the calendar year of 2024.